0: Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now here are your hosts, Carol and David.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Carol.
2: And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny?
1: Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be.
2: We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and relationships. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because...
1: Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it.
2: We sure do. So, have you ever wondered why some people are having richer, more sexual, and sensual lives while others simply get by? Are you asking yourself, how can I have that too?
1: Well, today we're going to find out how to create more pleasure, sexual aliveness, and deeper self-love, and ignite your erotic genius erotic
2: genius i'm a genius and i like eroticism i'm looking forward to this show to learn some more when you
1: but, ca- wait 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 when you call yourself a genius you're usually not the genius
2: honey <laughs> you're hurting my ego here a little bit <laughs> reality babe reality oh, man <laughs> all right we'll talk more about that later with our great guest. but first and before we get into the show let's remind everyone that we're going to nadia in Orleans, july 24th to 28th 2019, Nadia New Orleans is the largest lifestyle convention for couples in the world, with over thirteen hundred couples taking over two of the French Quarter's biggest hotels and the world-renowned Bourbon Street as well
1: check out the sexylifestyle.com business pages for travel and events tab for more information on how to book your tickets for this crazy fun entertaining informative annual event that takes place at the heart of the french quarters in nolens you don't want to miss it
2: i think it's also a very sexual sensual and erotic event as well oh
1: yeah oh yeah
2: last year we were the king and queen of naughty in orleans mm-hmm. we got to lead the parade
1: that well, was so much how fun. how cool was
2: that All right, this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and we are so thrilled and excited to introduce today's guest.
1: Saida Desilet is considered a succulents revolutionary and expert on how women use their minds, bodies, and spirits to create richer lives through their sensual selves.
2: Wow, I've been looking forward to this show for a long time. Saida, um, who has roots uh, back here to Montreal and speaks French as well, has like so many years of experience so I'm gonna like be quiet on this show I I normally don't do that but I'm gonna let the two of you talk about all these cool things and I'll put my two cents in every once in a while Saïda welcome bienvenue to our show it is so nice to have you here
3: thank you so much David and Carol merci beaucoup it's such a pleasure to be with you and it's our last conversation together was very titillating and fun, and I, I assume we're going to have the same today. Oh.
2: Titillating. I like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, David says that he's going to be quiet during our discussion and that he's going to let the ladies take over, but you wait and see. He can't help himself. He's not going to be able to sit back and listen. But It's a little bit like us in
2: an orgy, right? You know.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think you sit back or ever plan to sit no, back I in an orgy. No, I have to participate. No, exactly. You know, being
2: swingers, it's about going all in.
1: So, Saida, we're so excited to have you here. Thank you again for taking the time. Why don't you explain to us how you got to where you are?
3: Yeah, thank you. Well, there's a couple reasons that I'm sitting here today. One is I was born to French Canadian parents and they had a very, very passionate sex life as well. And they had a very healthy attitude around sexuality. So as a young child, what I like to call now erotic innocence, it was um, maintained and held sacred by my parents. They never shut me down. They always encouraged actually, that I connect with my body. They just taught me boundaries. So that's one big reason why I'm in the field of sexuality because it's always been a huge part of my self-expression and my life and something very natural like breathing. And then the second reason I'm in this field is because um, about two and a half decades ago, I did have an extremely violent uh, rape experience that nearly cost me my life. And then the recovery from trauma to thriving, that journey led me to my professional body of work and a deep passion to help especially women come back after these kind of very difficult scenarios and be completely able to get their sexuality back online, their sensuality back online, and, and their erotic desire, which often can get switched off in those experiences. So very excited to share more on that today.
1: Yay, beautiful. And I know that you're called, uh, referred to as a succulence revolutionary. I think we're going to have to have a little (laughs) bit of a definition or explanation on that point.
3: Yes, so succulence is something I came up with a long time ago, at least maybe 15 years ago, for sure. It's part of my first book. And it was this idea, Carol, that No, we live in a world, it's a strange world because it's a world that promotes sexuality and yet it doesn't like it. It's always trying to kind of suppress it. So it's this weird world. So I I tended to identify that world as the barren world. And then that women's succulent, it's like this beautiful thing that everyone wants to like adore and partake in. And yet it can dry out fairly quickly with the stresses and the distresses of life. And so succulents reminded me, like, oh, wow, like those plants in the desert, they can survive any harsh climate and maintain their aliveness. And that became important to me so that women understood that they could maintain this juiciness, this aliveness, no matter what their life circumstances were. And the revolutionary part is actually, as each individual chooses this for themselves, we are revolutionizing the entire planet because there's many people who are doing this. And I think it's more of a silent revolution. You know, we're not on the streets going rah-rah, but each person that reclaims their sexuality and really enjoys their sexuality is part of that revolution.
1: And I really like the way you brought the desert into it because the succulent in the desert, and I absolutely love the desert, especially when it's in bloom. So you described it there, and I have this vision of a beautiful blooming desert, which is absolutely correct because sometimes in our lives, things do get barren, and then the rains come and they blossom again. And you know that there is life in there, you just don't know when it's going to come alive. And with your help and your programs, I guess that's kind of where your goals are in life.
3: Absolutely. And also, you know, it's we're sexually illiterate culture. There's a small percentage of us who actually, you know, like yourselves, deeply investigate the subject matter, but for the most part, most people don't. And so part of that is to help people become more literate, meaning really embodying, understanding, claiming that they are sexual beings and how do we handle that in all our different situations.
2: You know, earlier you said that um, society frowns upon women, people, couples, in terms of their sexuality. However, you know, sex and sexuality is primal. It's been around for millions of years. Why do you think in today, in 2019, um, sexuality is frowned upon?
3: Mm. Yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because we're obviously sexual beings. We're born and we die that way. Uh, I think it's a couple of things. There's cultural reasons for it and then there's religious reasons for mm-hmm. it, and then there's traumatic reasons for it. So I think the biggest is cultural, where we've actually made our sexuality into a currency, and so we kind of bargain with it, we, you know, we exchange with it, we sell a lot of things with it, but when it comes to actually having a deep, profound relationship with our sexuality, we're incredibly comfortable with our, our whole erotic nature. That's, more rare. And it's only rare because we're not teaching sexuality what it is at a very young age. Instead, what we're doing trying to control children is we shame them at a young age. And then that sets up a kind of a wonky adulthood. And a large portion of kids also go through sexual trauma of one kind or another. And then that kind of skews their viewpoint. And there's really no conversation around that. I mean, I know plenty of women Probably men as well, but I deal with a lot of women who've gone to their parents and said, "Uncle Jim is abusing me." and the parents go, "Oh no, Uncle Jim would never do that." but Uncle Jim did repeatedly do that. so these are situations I think that that's why there is almost a disassociation with it, and the good news is, however, that we can heal that and we can come back to thriving sexually and sensually and And it's just a matter of knowing that those opportunities are available
2: to us. Absolutely. And um, it's really uh, unfortunate that there are those people out there who take advantage of the younger people. But there's also, and May is Masturbation Month, and we'll get talking about masturbation a little bit later, but there's also the shaming and the taboo of you shouldn't masturbate and you shouldn't touch yourself. And you were talking about how you as a young girl, uh, your parents were very open to allowing you to learn about sex and sexuality in your body. But again, today, you know, if a parent walks in on a boy masturbating in his room, the first thing they're going to say is "Stop that! Don't be doing that!" or "It's going to fall off," or "You're going to go blind." And I mean, it's just like <laughs> nonsense that comes out of a parent's mouth instead instead of saying, "Wow, that's great." Is there any questions you have that you want to ask me? Do you need to know anything?
1: Well, parents really need that education to learn. Well, how the parents to have to exactly yes, how to speak yeah. to their children, and that's yeah. something that we don't learn ever. Are the how, how do you become a parent and know what to say to your child? Because you're only repeating what your parents said to you when you were that age, and that's unfortunate. That but we...
2: don't you think the first thing yeah. we should do is ask them if they have any questions? Of
1: course, yes. I'm just saying that maybe oh. in the, the course of learning how to have a baby, you should learn how to talk to your baby as
2: well. You know, as, Exactly. As
1: they're even young. Yeah. And at, any, at every age from day one, it could be a good thing.
3: I think uh, you, what you're pointing to is really important because uh, children learn what it's like to be man, woman, sexual by the things their parents don't say. Mm. It's by the things their parents embody. Mm-hmm. So, even a parent who wants to be, say, pro healthy sexuality, but they themselves are sexually shut down, that shut downness. Will actually speak way louder than the fancy words of sexual, like pro sex, for example. So, parents actually have a very important role. They want their children to ha- be healthy sexual adults to look at their own lives and go, hey, how am I doing this? What's true for me? Do I have body shame? Do I have um, judgments against certain types of sexuality, et cetera, et cetera? And come t- you know full face to that and take responsibility for that and not project that onto their child secondly uh just to go back to what david was saying is if if i were to walk in on a kid masturbating i wouldn't ask in that moment if he has any questions (laughs) i'd say awesome continue i'll talk to you
1: after." yeah well yeah he he didn't mean on the spot either (laughs) but you're right Yeah, um, yeah but
3: i know a lot of great parents who actually had these conversations with their kids and they created a system where the kid will literally hang a little do not disturb mm-hmm. on their door. Mm-hmm. And it's a clear indication you don't knock, you don't come in. Like mm-hmm. the, the kid is claiming private space. Mm-hmm. What they're doing in that time is up to them. And the parents have provided, you know, lube or like toys or whatever it is that the teenager is like interested in.
1: I love that to help idea. Help assist the, yeah, yeah just yeah. like,
3: they're healthy beings, and there's so many fantastic sex ed books now for right. beings um, that are written very, very classy, sophisticated, and yet earthy. Uh, so I think there's we've made some progress, mm-hmm. and we need to make a lot more progress.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And in your work, where you mostly focus on women and their sexual selves— and so you're you're trying to help them as well because there's so many places where we can't find information. And, and when you have that information for you, it's great. But what would be a, like one of the common reasons that would bring someone to your one of your seminars or workshops or to one of your courses?
3: Yeah, there are, there are many. I'd say a big one will be shame around sexuality. That's a, a big... Because they, they realize that like, they want to enjoy their bodies, but every time they're sexual, they feel ashamed. Uh, another could be that they're really addicted to clitoral orgasms and they can't orgasm any other way. And they're curious. They've heard there's other ways, but they're not really interested in observing porn or like using a lot of different toys. They actually just want to know how their actual body's functioning and have some self mastery around that. That would be like uh, another big reason. And the third would be that they're really afraid of losing their relationship Mm -hmm. because they're not sure. Like they're just, feeling incompatible with their partner and they can see that their partner's looking at other women or whatever and they're getting nervous and they just want to learn and so those are kind of like the three biggest what it call threats mm-hmm. <laughs> there's also other great reasons why they come but like the more scary reasons I would say around that and then I would say around menopause mm-hmm. a lot of women have a change in how their bodies work and they don't understand that they can get actually juicier with menopause so it's um it's you know, it's the pain point for a lot of women. And so we help them
1: with that. Wow, no, that's absolutely great. It's time for a quick break. We're talking with succulents revolutionary, Seda Desilé, all about women's sensuality. And when we come back, we're going to find out how Seda has become the world famous uh, foremost authority in the Jake Edit practice. And we're going to talk about her new book coming up called Desire. This is A Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. We'll be right back. Stay
4: tuned lifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.
0: You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at Carolandavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show.
2: This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David, and today we're talking with speaker, author, and jade egg expert, Saida Desile. And now we're going to talk a little bit about the jade egg, what makes it special. But first, we're going to talk about her book, Desire.
3: Fantastic. Which part do you want to start with?
2: (laughs) How did you get into writing a book about desire? We go to a resort in Cancun called Desire, so I'm like, I want to know more about all this desire...
1: I know you've written a number of books, and this is one of your new works. Why don't you tell us all about your new book, Desire?
3: Okay. (laughs) Yes, well, Desire. So for a long time in my career, I focused on sensuality, uh, a concept called omni-orgasm, which we can cover later in the call if you like. And So there was a lot of things around even female ejaculation and function and, and just helping women with hormones and just all of that so it wasn't until at least 10 years ago where I turned my attention to the actual subject of desire because what I started to realize is that desire, uh, a lot of people have issues. They can't, you know, it disappears and then they, I don't know, it just brings up a lot for people, it can bring up suffering, fear, can bring up, you know, intrigue and energy. It's a it's beautiful variety of things that emerge when we use the word desire. And what I realized is that desire... It's kind of a double-edged sword. On one hand, it's titillating, and on the other hand, um, we can almost feel manipulated. We can feel like that which what we desire is like unattainable, or it's like, you know how are we going to get that? Or if we get that, I'm going to destroy everything else in the process. So there's, it's an edgy place, and it's meant to be. Desire is connected to Eros, and Eros is devoted, absolutely devoted to how alive we're feeling right now. It's the only thing it's devoted to. And so I started looking at desire. Maybe it's not this thing that we experience as an emotion or motivational force. Maybe it's more actually a force of nature. Maybe it's present in all things. And maybe our version, the painful version, isn't the actual version of desire, but a hijacked desire. So I had to look at all of that. In the book, it's a small book, I explore six different ways desire shows up. For this show, I'm pretty sure we're going to stay focused on the Eros aspect of it. But just quickly, there's uh, love, there's procreation, thriving, rapture, and contribution. So those are kind of like the six major ways desire can show up. But in Eros, that chapter, I talk a lot about how our own erotic desire is uber hijacked. It's hijacked by social conditioning, mandates, expectations Um, it's hijacked by maybe you know in a phase of our life where we were meant to explore we didn't and then we're kind of shut down post that time and then we want to start exploring but we feel awkward so we don't know what to do it can be shut down because like I said earlier there could be you know pain or trauma associated or it could just simply be shut down there's a lot of people who just the idea of experiencing joy is terrifying. Like, Mm -hmm. they won't let themselves have joy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I find that really fascinating. So I look at all that in the book, and I started to feel about writing this book when I was back in Cuba. And I took five weeks off with my husband, and all we did was learn Cuban salsa, make love, go out and meet people, learn learn more salsa. (laughs) It was just such a sensual time. And the predominant question I would ask in preparation for writing the book was, what does my pleasure want today? And I would um, attempt to do my best to follow whatever would emerge from that question.
2: And what would some of the answers be?
3: Sometimes it would be simply like, I want to luxuriate in bed. Sometimes it would be, I want to go lay in my bikini on a beach and get the sun to like roast my skin and sweat a little. Um, I want to go eat lobster. You know, they were just different things. Sometimes it would be, I want to have an adventure and have no idea where we're going, which we ended up. This is super cool. We ended up in like a cave. It was a bar, but it's in this cave called La Cueva. And it's where the local people go. And it, it was do you remember the Matrix? The, um, yeah. I think maybe the second one. And there, there's like in Zion and they're having this crazy party and it's just everyone's sweaty and dancing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it was like in there.
1: It raw, was so raw, raw, raw sexuality. And,
3: Yeah, but safe, you know, like it wasn't, you know, where people are unsafe. There was still a lot of respect, but it was raw and wild and fun and That was a surprise. (laughs) That was a surprise that emerged from asking the question, what would my pleasure love today? I want an adventure. I don't want a planet. And that's what happened. (laughs)
1: Wow, that sounds great. But when it comes to, um, like you talked about, desires being hijacked by things in our lives and that we don't get to feel that desire in its fullness, Mm -hmm. its full potential. Is your book, um, the goal of your book to bring about like um, a recognition so that the person reading it will say, wow, that's what happens to me too and this is how i'm going to fix that
3: yes so not so much fixing because i'm not really a believer in fixing people i think we're totally fine we're not broken we don't need to be fixed but we we do sort of it's like we could expand the amount of stations we can tune into let's say maybe we've just been going back and forth from two stations and there's like millions of stations we can tune into within our own being so it's more about that it's expanding our range it's allowing people to understand, oh, my God, I have a huge range. I have a massive erotic range. I have a massive love range. I have a massive breathing range. Like, there's just so much more range, orgasmic range. Our range is we're so tiny in what we allow ourselves to play in, and then there's this great range. So, yes, it's an invitation absolutely into that. And I want people to understand desire if if we were to describe that each human being has an essential self like a deep essence and that that essence has a uh, a purpose let's say a prime directive why why we each exist we have a purpose and that it leads us on our life's journey through the experience of desire if you could think of desire as the visceral voice of um, our deepest essence, then we can have a different relationship with, with desire. Now we start to get really curious. And so for the first place, I invite people start to notice every time you're aroused during the day, and it could be a vocational arousal. You could just be aroused at work about a topic that has nothing to do with sex, but it's exciting, and you notice the feeling of arousal in your being. You're like lit up. Good. Notice. Pay attention. Every time you have that, you have a certain smell, a certain taste, good notice. Each time we anchor that, we expand our range, and that's super, super important to let people deeply embody uh, their desire.
1: And then that's how we get in touch with our desire. That's how we get in touch with how, how we feel at that moment. It's like be, being present, getting yes. back into your body, and feeling everything almost yes. for the first time yes. with with a new look on and life. The
3: thing, Exactly. And the thing that happens, Carol, and it for both of you, um, and you might have seen this before when you've interviewed people or you know, where you when you're playing or when you're out in the public, is that people think that the second they feel arousal, they have to relieve it. And what I'm suggesting, inviting people into feel the arousal, let it completely fill you, but do nothing. Oh, okay, interesting. Practice the mastery of of like creative tension or sexual tension there's so much life in it not you know we don't have to relieve it the second we feel it it's sometimes really yummy to let it expand and grow and Mm. pulsate and like fill us with inspiration Mm, and that's something hard in an instant gratification culture right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah absolutely now i know that you've been called uh, the authority in jade egg practice and that's not something that i'm very familiar with so i'm going to ask you right from the beginning what exactly is a jade egg how do we use it and how does it help us
3: specifically the jade egg is a piece of nephrite genuine nephrite jade there's many stones kind of uh, in, I call them the imposter stones <laughs> you want to get real nephrite jade There's reasons for that and it's in the shape of a little egg and that goes inside a woman's vagina so it's a tool and it's a tool not only for physical purposes because it does completely uh create new neural pathways in the pelvic floor in the vagina so you awaken i call the vagina like the sleeping beauty and you start to wake her up in ways where there's even very deep deep in the vagina which doctors normally say there's no sensation you can uh wake up certain spots that almost feel like a second clitoris they're so intense it's absolutely lovely um, and is and it the size a, of an
1: egg? Is it the size of a chicken's egg? Or No, it's, no.
3: It's, no, no, it's much, much smaller. Okay, You don't actually want to feel the egg so it's a comfortable size. It heats up to your body, but what you do is you become very masterful at moving it around, and that does translate sexually. Mm. So I want you to do a little game for me and mm-hmm. the listeners as well. Um, so with your left hand, I want you to make a loose fist, almost like you're creating like a vagina, like a little hole. Right. And then with your right hand, point your pointer finger like it's a penis. And I want you to thrust it in and out of the other hand. Right. And just notice how that feels. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now I want you to slow down the thrusting and make your, your, uh, penis finger spiral slowly as it's moving in and out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then notice the sensations for both. Mm Mm-hmm. Very very different. Much nicer. Yes. But now, go all the way in Mm -hmm. with your penis finger. Mm -hmm. Don't move it. But with your other hand, squeeze in all, using all your fingers independently to Mm -hmm. squeeze that one finger. Mm -hmm. And notice how much more sensation there is for both. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely.
3: So, when a woman awakens her vagina like that, it's called dexterity. And that comes with proper use of the egg. And that is activates intercourse for women in a way where it can go from okay to sort of nice to out of this world, exceptionally amazing. And that's something that has to be learned because we just don't teach women about this earlier in life.
1: And strengthening the pelvic floor, I have heard, uh, certainly with Kegel exercises, et cetera, has health benefits to it in itself, besides the pleasure.
3: Absolutely. Yes, the only problem with kegels is they're often not done correctly and then they create too much pelvic tension, which can actually inhibit orgasm and -hmm. cause prolapse. Mm -hmm. So that's why with the program that I teach, you're not only learning tone, you're learning how to soften, to get really soft, 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 soft. And orgasm actually doesn't happen when you're tense. It happens in the moment you fully surrender Mm -hmm. and everything softens and that's when it's kind of like starts moving through the whole body. And so women tend to have a hard time to deeply surrender. It's culturally not that safe for women to relax. And so we learn that. And so the unlearning and the learning to actually yawn, open your vagina, for example, is absolutely a delicious skill. It's an important skill. And it uh, ups pleasure uh, quotient for women. I, I don't even know the percentage, but it's a very high jump from, like I said, sort of normal average pleasure to off the charts pleasure
2: so Sayida, how would a woman in that moment where she needs to or wants to have that orgasm how would she almost relax so that orgasm is even more intense
3: yeah so this is a great question part of learning the jade egg like it's, it feels kind of mechanical and weird but but it's a bit like learning salsa for example or dance style right you learn all the little steps but then all of a sudden you just dance. And so lovemaking is the just dance part. You're not worrying about bits and pieces. So what's happening when, if we can regularly, um, call it solo cultivation or self pleasuring, but with a clear intent of expanding our erotic potential versus, uh, masturbation just to relieve tension, for example, mm-hmm. you're actually doing it to really wake yourself up when you're learning that when you're doing that, it's, absolutely amazing because um, women then become very, very masterful of their orgasm. Women will understand, ah, I need this particular rhythm or posture or movement to generate energy. And then I actually need everything to go really still to fully let the full expansion of my orgasm to happen. For example, that's just one of many examples. So that's, what's lovely about this is the level of self confidence that can come with that degree of self mastery,
1: so in your program, you teach women how to insert and do the different exercises that will result in this kind of, I guess, a uh, control of the whole pelvic area.
3: Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. And when a woman really knows, like if you really understand, so uh, part of the chapter that teaches the erotic fingerprint, when you really understand your erotic fingerprint, I used to experiment because you know before I was married. I would have like maybe 10 lovers at once, not in the same moment, but I traveled a lot. (laughs) And, um, and sometimes you'd meet a person and you'd think they'd be great in bed and they really were not that fantastic. But I knew what to do with my body and I knew how to direct, not like in a bossy way, but in a very yummy way to get exactly what I needed to feel fully expressed in my pleasure and sexuality And that's liberating because a lot of us women, we kind of just lie back and hope for the best Mm
1: -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. or we get really aggressive and it shuts down the guy. So, so there's an art to that to really understand one's own pleasure and that, you know, unfortunately, at this point, it has to come with education because it's not part of the culture.
1: Yeah, but also it, it also gives you the self-confidence to say what you know, just because you have the education, not everybody yes. is confident enough to say it. But when you exactly. know your body so well and how it performs in certain conditions, then you're able to express that and you'll get that result. Like you said, you can direct and express your full sexuality when you share what you know.
2: I get that. But how, how, yeah. does, how does a woman who, like you, Carol, for... I don't know, the last 30 years, have been doing things the same way. Saida, how do you get someone to reset and change what they've been doing to do something a little different and better?
3: Mm. Well, I think for me it's always an invitation. I don't tell people what to do. I invite them. I'm like, here's the realm of possibility, and here's how we could get there. And then I suggest, Different ways. So if someone's really, for example, the only way that they have an orgasm is through a vibrator. No matter what's going on, they actually have to have it. What has happened is that that pattern has set in, but it's not actually true. And if they put it aside for even a month, it's going to feel dull initially because the nerves tend to get really numb if you overuse vibrators. But then other nerves start to wake up. And where women are missing the boat is the delicious nerve pathways that are deeper in the vagina, and those nerve pathways, uh, unlike the clitoris, with all excitation, it's like the big fireworks button. <laughs> mm-hmm. Deeper in the pelvis, it's more of a imagine this undulating, erotic, subtle wave of pulsation. And that's kind of ongoing. So when you start tuning into that, it's, it's like, what? what's happening there, for one? And then, two, the nerves have double function there. They're both excitation and relaxation. So what that means is when you practice deeper vaginal activation, you can go into what I call a state of relaxed arousal. And then sex can last for hours and the levels of pleasure uh, are exceptional. That, and it does take a little bit of practice to get there.
2: <laughs> that, that's so, so um, cool. And, and I want to expand on that in a second, because we're going to get into squirting. But first, I, 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 wa- I just want to talk about about carol who normally has amazing orgasms when i lick her pussy she she i love oral sex i love going down on her and you know she'll lie there and i know when her clit gets hard and gets stimulated when she's ready to come and she's very vocal and she talks loud and she likes me putting my fingers in and you know uh, we'll talk about the squirting in in a little bit but i would love for carol to be able to have an orgasm when we're fucking and you're just talking about, you know, the deep penetrative part of the vagina. How would we mm. how would we learn to do that where she doesn't only come from me licking her clit or her putting a toy on it and we she has orgasms when we're fucking
3: Yeah. Well, it may be a fun little subtle time for both of you where you allow yourselves to Not worry about instant orgasm. you kind of like, we know we can do that. We can go there at any second we want. And then start exploring the vagina from a very different perspective, from from the desire to wake her up, from the desire to not make something happen, but allow something to emerge. Mm. Let me describe this. When Carol's alone, this is an invitation. Carol, you do not have to do this, but, you know, it's an invitation to gently uh, dr- draw, I call it sipping, her finger into herself and feel around and feel where inside it feels really delicious and then where inside you don't feel much. Okay, that's kind of like you're going to do an investigation. Then the fun play that you can do is you stimulate where you have sensation, where it feels good, and then you go directly to the part you don't have much sensation and you keep going back and forth. What's amazing about that is your, your body will learn. It's like, oh, you want me to have that sensation here too. Oh. Oh. But that can't be done if you're like forcing it. It can only be done if you're there like benevolently You're relaxed. You're like, wow, I really want to wake this little part up. That's, you know, a sleeping beauty part of my vagina. And then you go to the next part and this will keep expanding. And then when you're having intercourse, what I would do, Dave, sometimes is I would stop and I would just breathe as though your your cock is like the entire size of her body and you're just breathing deeply into her without moving. And then Carol, you're attempting to kind of uh lightly pulse from the deeper part of your vagina, not the opening around his cock and just see what that feels like for both of you. When you say pulse where you're move? not moving. Okay, I don't move my hips, not but moving. I squeeze
1: the vagina. That's pulsing, squeezing, yeah, using just the muscles.
3: Really exactly, but very, very lightly with a okay. really strong contraction. Okay. And then just play. You know, then you can have movement and then you go back into stillness. In the stillness is when you start building those other neural pathways. If we're always stimulating and we never pause and have a bit of space, then it's harder for the body to build those neural pathways. And it's just like, imagine just electricity going one direction. It's like, simulation! <laughs> you want to also allow the energy to flow back in the other direction. So call it growth, let's say.
1: Wow, that sounds very, very, very exciting. And I think that's something that we could do together. And, you know, we are so great at communication that when we decide we're going to do it, we're like full on and we get into it. And then we discuss it afterwards and we, we'll refine and we'll tune in and we'll we'll figure it out. And I think that's a great exercise. Thank you for the invitation.
2: So you're okay? if we just slow things down a lot.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's going to be very exciting. We have the,
2: we have this on our show. It's recorded. <laughs> it's there forever. You promise <laughs> you promise to slow things down. I'm
1: saying I will, and I think it's a great exercise that we can do together and even during the exploration yes. part that you you suggested to start off with, I'd be happy to do it with you David so mm-hmm. that you I can explain to you what that feels like here there and everywhere. And because he often is putting his fingers inside too. And if I can share what those sensations feel like where he puts it here and he puts it there and he moves it around with the pauses in between and really investigate, which is what I'm, I'm learning and understanding that the investigation part is the first step
2: that's all right, Sayida, so, you know, we're going to ask you to hang on for a second. We're going to take a quick pause. We'll remind everyone this is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David. We're talking with Dr. Sayida Desilet. Uh She's an expert on women's sexuality. Uh, when we come back, we're going to keep talking with her in our favorite part of the show, all about great sex matters. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
4: lifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.
0: You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at Carolandavid.com. and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show.
2: This is The Sexy Lifestyle, we are Carol and David, and today we're having a really amazing educational discussion with Dr. Saïda Desile. She is an expert on women's sensuality, sexuality, and everything else related to the human body. And now it's time for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because...
1: Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. Now, earlier you told us about your book called Desire and you talked about the six different types of desire that you talk about in your book. But desire is another word where it just means the want to have and the want to expand ourselves to our full potential is I think everybody has that same desire to be better. We Mm -hmm. all want to be better. But it starts with... Um, I mean, I guess the first step in our journey is to want to have something better, like more pleasure or more sensuality or deeper joy. So I'm sure in your courses and in your uh, seminars, you talk about these transformations, but we first have to want to change. So I just wanted to get into a little bit about what your programs do and what kind of changes people can expect when they work with you.
3: Yeah, thank you, Carol. I really appreciate the question. Well... Part of my love and my desire, my yearning, is to remind individuals that they are actually sexually sovereign. They were born that way. Um, we are just conditioned not to know that about ourselves. And so the end result that I would love is sexually confident people who fully inhabit their physicality, their physical space, their bodies, and people who are, just have full access to the entire range of their sensuality. that's how we make sense of reality, right? Through the senses. And that's what sensuality means. And so often um, another end result would be that uh, we start to realize we don't leave our genitals on the bedside table when we go to work. (laughs) We are sexual beings. You know, we can't separate our sexual selves from the rest of life. So, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny when you think about it. You know the genitals are there in your meetings uh, with your in laws. If you're asking yep. for a bank loan, they're yep. always present. And so, what does that mean? It means that we can actually integrate this experience. It doesn't mean that we're having sex or fucking everyone and everything everywhere we go, but we can have a sense of um, how we say integrous aliveness, this sort of where we don't inhibit ourselves from feeling deeply alive and orgasm is a little teeny moment, momentary window into the depths of that aliveness. And I think that that's a clue as to uh, how we could live a little bit more moment to moment if we actually allowed ourselves to. So So, that's sort of some of the end results that I'd love people to have with the program. (laughs) And it sounds
1: a lot like connecting with your body. So from your head to your body, including your genitals, but your whole body Uh, And I know from from what I've read on your website, it's a very holistic type of uh, program that you offer that really is a transformation of not only how you think, but how you feel and how you live your life afterwards.
3: Absolutely. And so the, uh, my body of work, like when my actual dissertation and anyone who ever wants to read it, I'm happily, you know, just request it. I give it out. Uh, But I had a look at the fact that we're psychosexual beings, and so we want to have an integration. Um, I don't know if you know the work of William Reich, but one of his ideas was that the psyche, um, when it has things that kind of unresolved, then the libido can't flow as freely. But when the psyche is open, libido flows very fluidly through the whole being, and I actually found that to be true. So it's amazing, especially women's genitalia how sensitive it is to our state of being, how open our hearts are. I've noticed a direct relationship with the openness of the heart and the juiciness of the yoni, the vagina, the vulva. There's a direct relationship there. And for men, there's a direct relationship with how open their hearts are and how hard and hot, Mm -hmm. the heat of the cock, the hotness, um, depending on the openness, that's happening.
1: Wow. And you know, we talk about it all the time on every show. We like to say that we, uh, everybody deserves great sex. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk about how we all deserve to enjoy a rich, sensual sex life at any age, any size and any gender.
3: Absolutely. Our sexuality is a huge part of our being. We can't erase that and it does not belong to a particular size, shape, age or anything like at all. <laughs> yeah. And so, uh, I mean, the Taoists on their end, because that's kind of where I, I studied a lot, their end is, you know, they really, for them it was an energy, sexuality was an energy that they would use for vitality and longevity their entire life, the entire, you know, span of their life. And so it's only in Western culture that we somehow have put an age Mm-hmm. To our sexuality. In fact, I've done a lot of talks with uh, a gynecologist colleague of mine on sexuality and ageism. Like, who invented the age? Since when? It's like, it's like saying that the heart, you know, past a certain age, your heart's just like going to stop because you're past a certain age. It's like, what are you crazy? It's going to keep beating until we die. And sexuality is available to us. It might change. The way it expresses itself might change. The flavors of it might change. But that's because it's evolutionary, not because it's shutting down.
1: And also from what we see on so not, not just social media, but from all the media around us, uh, from advertising to TV shows, etc., it always just seems like it's young people who are having sex. It never seems like old people even have sex at all and that's because in our culture we don't talk about having sex when I don't even know at what age it gets cut off so I never I think young people no I'm saying in, in media oh in media there is a such an age that they don't show anybody over the age of 30 for example what about Grace and Frankie well, there you go. That's a new thing that's happening. That's something new, and it's wonderful. Yep. And but I'm just saying in general. So young people think that sex and sexuality is for young people, and there's not a lot of influences besides the Grace and Frankie that are telling us otherwise. So they don't even know that they can enjoy great sex all the way to the end of their time.
3: Yeah, exactly. And and even young people now, they the statistically they've been looking, and um, especially. I, I don't understand this, but between the age of 20 to 30, there's they're having less and less and less sex. Mm. Maybe they're doing more self-pleasuring with porn, but they're not actually having real sex. And I find that disturbing because that's the age you want to be exploring and discovering, like, what you like, what you don't like. You just want to try things, you know? Um, and yet people are not, young people are actually not trying things, which is opposite of what we're being told through the media.
1: And is that because of young people having a, a device attached to them and they're spending all their time looking down at their phone instead of connecting with people yeah. and actually having real relationships? Is that is that a connection well, there?
3: Well, par- partly there's a connection there, partly yes. I mean, you know, swiping through and, and treating each other like commodities is a big mm-hmm. problem because mm-hmm. now we don't even know how to talk to another person or flirt with a human being. Like There's a lot that we could learn just being in the presence of others and there is awkwardness there, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another, I think it's just there's stuff going on, like as women are feeling their voices and becoming more powerful, it's at the cost of castrating men mm. and that's not creating healthy dynamics. So I think a lot of men have given up They're afraid of even flirting because they don't know if they're going to be accused of, like, sexual abuse.
2: Mm -hmm. Wow, Dr. Saida, that was absolutely amazing. Thanks so much. And before we get into some real advice to end this show, we're going to ask everyone to look for part two of this show where Dr. Saida is going to get into squirting and the omni-orgasm. So just look in our tree uh, for part two of this show called Squirting and the Omni-orgasm. You don't want to miss it.
1: So I I guess it's time for some final advice. We like to end the show with something from our expert that our guests can walk away with. Um, Perhaps you can share something that maybe a couple could do tonight that might increase their sexual pleasure and vitality just by doing some type of practice or exercise that you might suggest.
3: Mm. Well, I love skin on skin. So one of my favorite activities is to just, You know, it's a nice coconut oil if both people are not allergic to it. And this kind of having this delicious kind of slippery sliding all over the body fun where it's, there's some eroticism, but it's also really about getting a lot of skin contact. And that can be really, really great if if you felt disconnected and you need to bring a bit more playfulness. Because I find, especially for women, we need a bit more time to warm up sometimes. And it's a very sweet way of warming ourselves up, of feeling connected, of being playful. And then, of course, it's very easy to lead into more of an erotic experience after that.
1: We do love coconut oil and we actually do practice that very often. So I love that advice. And that was certain- another
2: reason we need our Throws of Passion blanket <laughs> because we were getting coconut oil and lube and everything Everywhere. all over the place. You
1: could just put it down on the carpet or in front of the fire if that's where you want to have fun. It's great. So our Throws of Passion is really great for that too. And,
2: you know, let's also talk about, you know, the skin on skin massage oil doesn't need to lead to penetrate to fucking. It, it doesn't. Just touching each other and, Loving you know, each sometimes other. Carol has a really stressful day and all she wants to do is be held and be massaged. And she's not in the mood to fuck or to suck or to do anything, but just lie there and then calm down and just go to sleep after, you know, relaxing, relaxing and getting everything wound down a little bit. How important is that in people's lives where you do that skin on skin, but it's not about fucking?
3: I think it's actually crucial. And like you were saying earlier, life is foreplay. So the ability to expand sensuality, expand that state of relaxed arousal without necessarily having an end goal in place is nurturing, not just for women. I think it's very nurturing for men as well. I think men have a lot of pressure to perform and show up in certain ways. And um, when you remove that from the equation, it can be very nurturing and delicious for both people and very rejuvenating.
1: Absolutely.
2: And I just want to end the show on one thing. I mean, that uh, you are obviously a very passionate um, person who loves life. Talk about the need for couples to kiss and how kissing and passionate kissing is so important in a couple's relationship.
3: Oh, my God. Life without kissing would be horrible. <laughs> well, here's an interesting thing that's related to Chinese medicine. So the tongue is the external expression of your heart. And so when you're bringing your tongue, you're kissing that way or oral sex, It's like bringing that heart fire, uh, giving that to your partner, gifting that to your partner. And sometimes if my partner say, you know, how the colds are and we can't kiss, I, I like sex less. There's something about the kissing that mm-hmm. just opens the heart and makes the connection that much more juicy and passionate and and I just love we go hiking and we're you know I'm walking and then all of a sudden I stop him and I'm like, I can't go on He's like, Oh gosh and then that's his signal he has to kiss me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is so funny. And it's
3: just very Yeah, it's enlivening and and I just think it's it's really, really important to uh have regular contact in that way yeah absolutely
2: Absolutely. well that is an amazing way to end an amazing show both parts one and part two Sayida, take a minute now and tell everyone how they can reach out to you how they can find your books and um just get more of the wonderful things that you're doing in this world
3: thank you david so we talked about the jade egg so you could find it at the JadeEgg.com and there's lots of free videos and information there to help and I think I have a free ebook to really orient women to what it is and how to use it, etc. So the jadeegg.com. For the book Desire, desirethebook.com is where you would uh, get all the different links of where it's available. Audio, ebook, and physical book. And then my actual website is dareyourdesire.com, dareyourdesire.com. And it would be lovely to support uh, anyone who wishes to learn more.
1: Beautiful. And we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic expert guests, and we hope you do too. So remember, you can go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where you can find credible information about sex and sexuality and relationships and all sorts of ways how to spice up your sex life can remember to sign up on SDC.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. If you use promo code 30314, you'll get the first month free. So check it out.
2: And of course, let's remind everybody again that we're going to Naughty in New Orleans, July 24th to 28th. It is the largest lifestyle convention for couples in the world. We're going to be one of the 1,300 couples taking over Bourbon Street and two of the French Quarter's largest hotels.
1: And for more information about that trip and everything else, you can visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com or simply send us an email at ask at carolanddavid.com.
2: Well, that's it for our show today. Dr. Saida Desile. thank you so much for being here. Merci.
3: Oh, Thank you so much, David and Carol. You're a beautiful couple, and I really appreciated being on your show today.
2: Our pleasure. We look forward to meeting you in person one day when we come out west.
3: Fantastic.
2: And let's thank all our amazing listeners for listening as well and remind everyone that they can tune in to the Sexy Lifestyle Network for 24-7 talk radio all about sex and sexuality. We have 25 other hosts there. And we remind you once again, that's the Network.com. So
1: join us again next time for another hour of the Sexy Lifestyle talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny.
2: And remember, part two coming up next, all about squirting and the omni-orgasm. Stay sexy everyone, until next time.
0: Thank you for joining carol and david for this week's edition of the sexy lifestyle we've got another one lined up next tuesday at 3 p.m pacific time 6 p.m eastern time on the sexy lifestyle network the weekend is just around the corner so try something new spice it up and you just might have the best sex ever
4: Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.